Hello, and welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. I am your host, Bridget Brown. I am a licensed clinical social worker, a pastor, and a stage four cancer overcomer. I am a wife, a mom, and a proud Afro-Latina. But most importantly, I am an overcomer. This podcast is not therapy. It's merely a platform to give perspective to your journey, not to provide therapy. Please email me at theovercomerspodcast3 at gmail.com and tell me how this podcast is resonating and connecting with you. What topics would you like me to touch more on? Send me areas that you're struggling in, any testimonies that you would love to share, or even if you have any questions for me. Just email me at theovercomerspodcast3 at gmail.com. Today, I will be sharing my journey on cancer. I want to highlight that I am simply sharing the journey that I chose for myself, and I'm not encouraging you to take the same direction as I did. You should be working closely with your medical professional, whether it is a a holistic approach or a traditional Western medicine approach. As you will hear, I took a more integrated approach, and I worked with both my naturopath and my medical doctor. So today I am going to be brave and I'm going to share my story. Um, My story is important. My voice matters. I count and shame dies when our stories are told. So I'm grounding and I'm sitting in stillness, meditating on the word in my soul. And after an intense podcast recording last week, I started being more active in my self-care room. It's a space that I have in my home where I usually pray and meditate and exercise and myself, that's my safe place. Um, I was reconnecting with myself again on this day last week and sitting in this quiet space, being present, releasing and embracing and also validating myself. And I have a picture on the wall of a little girl swinging on a swing. And she has a little bird on the right tip of her toe. And she's on it for the ride. So this little girl on this swing is in a calm place. And usually when I need to give myself space and be carefree within, I imagine myself on this swing and being innocent again. My brother Badger and his beautiful wife, Brittany, gave me this picture for my 40th birthday. Well, he's not really my biological brother, but he's my husband's annoying friend who actually turned into um, our soul brother. And he and his wife gave me this gift on my 40th birthday. Um, This grown woman that I am needed that picture to remind her of my sweet innocence. And that year, um, in 2020, I was actually turning 40, celebrating myself because the following month I was going to be beginning my chemotherapy. And the little girl in the picture just speaks to the little girl in me. And she reminds me to just release myself into the air and to ground by holding on that I had the ability to sit still and be in control of what I allowed in and what I released out. So like that swing going back and forth, that was me being in full control of my life and my ability to show up for myself and just to sit and ground with God. And you know what? 
I can control my breath. I can control my heartbeat. I can calm myself down and just self-regulate to speak positive light into my soul. And all I do when I'm in my self-care room is imagine myself whole in my spirit, in my soul, and my body. But never would I have ever imagined that I would be diagnosed one day with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. In July 2019, after going to three different doctors, I found an oncologist. But when he finally confirmed that this was the cancer that was in my body, he said that this had a 97% success rate. And if I was going to get cancer, this was the cancer that I wanted to have because he knew that I was going to survive. And of course, the sarcastic woman that I am popped out and returned the sarcastic comment. And I said, well, doctor, I do not take well to percentage rates because this uterus had a 0.1% chance of getting pregnant after a tubal ligation. And my youngest baby is now two years old. So I just gave birth to my miracle baby at this time. My husband's super sperm and my fertile womb and our inseparable love for one another was a perfect combination to defy any odds after a tubal ligation. I'm glad that you are leaving out the 3% chance that I can also die I don't want to even be here, and I don't want to have cancer right now. I remember crying with my husband and my friend in the room, and I came to a place of just pure acceptance, of pure surrenderance. I have cancer. I had that vulnerable moment in the room and prepared for the chemo port to be placed in my chest the next week, and six months of ABVD chemotherapy. This stuff was so strong that it kills horses, but apparently it heals cancer. And I had that in my body. Well, I had 97% chance of surviving. My very close first cousin and my younger second cousin on my dad's side had the same type of cancer. But after my two negative genetic tests, that resulted that I have no mutated DNA in any of my cells. Cancer for me was not genetic. My doctor says, well, it happens. You were just unlucky. Like, shut the heck up. I have cancer in my body and I have six babies that I need to raise by me. I didn't want my husband to remarry and find another love I who would raise my kids. I should be their mom, and I should be the one to mold them into all that I see for them. This was my family. So although I was officially diagnosed with cancer in July 2019, my cancer journey began in April 2018. I was 38 years old, I was complaining to my PCP of my throat feeling like I was feeling choked and I wanted to be examined for any thyroid issues. The first doctor did not even suggest that I had cancer. She didn't even explain the process or empathize with me. She referred me to oncology. Well, what the heck is oncology? I had to Google it and saw that it was actually a cancer doctor. Wait. I have cancer? It had not even connected. 
it was not my body right now. I disconnected and disassociated again, and this was not my body. I am not a cancer patient. My body was in total shock. I was in total denial, numb, and I did not know who to call during this time outside of my husband and my mom. I could not be vulnerable with anyone right now. I would not disclose anything until it was confirmed what I have. I went for my first surgery for a lymph node biopsy, a lung biopsy, and a bone marrow biopsy. They were attempting to stage this cancer since they found a lump under my left arm the size of a lemon. Later, the tumor would grow to the size of a grapefruit. They found two lumps in my chest cavity um, the size of an apple, and they wanted to confirm that cancer had not spread to my bone marrow. That would have been a much different scenario. The first oncologist that had ordered these surgeries called to tell me that I had to come in the office ASAP and start chemo, that it would seem to have been the right decision for me, right? But the problem for me was that when I had asked specific questions regarding this condition, no one would tell me the truth. Do you know how abandoned I felt? I was afraid and alone. And if I could not be trusted with the truth, how could I even heal? When truth is denied to us, we don't grow. We get stuck in these secrets. And I was never opened to the initial doctors that I had because as a patient, they could not even give me understanding of my condition. Thankfully, what I did know was that the cancer had not spread to my bone marrow and the other two samples came back inconclusive. I was so afraid of not knowing what to do that I just chose not to do anything. I did not feel good about the doctor that I had, so I changed doctors. Actually, I changed it three times during my whole cancer journey until I found the right fit for me. And it's important to work with people that will believe in what you believe in too, that will touch and agree with you on life. I closed off anyone who spoke anything outside of what I was saying, and I created my own health team, and I worked closely with them. My husband was my anchor through this process after we finally got on the same page. Because initially, he had a really difficult time with my decision, and it was really difficult for me to be vulnerable with him fully. And I hid some details from him. I did not know what to say to him. My husband's a big old giant, but if he really knew what I was battling, he would not have taken that too well. So I delayed my details until I knew what I would do. And he did support me and he loved me through the process. I had my mom who took care of me and my kids and our home while I rested and recovered and she loved me back to health. I had my friends, Tracy, Sheikah, and Maria who provided me with emotional support, prayer that I needed in the process. And I had my naturopath who followed me from beginning to end, and still I see her now. 
and provided me holistic alternatives that supported and strengthened my body before and after chemo. I had my doTERRA wellness advocate, Kristen, who helped me with essential oils and plant-based regimen to help me to begin to detox and heal my body. I had my yoga coach, Clarice, who taught me about mind and body movement, and she held space for me with a holistic regimen. And it was important for me to learn how to work my mind and my body so that it can heal together. I even had a sound healer, Kelvin Young, who offered his services every other week for me. And he would bring his singing bowls and allowed me to lay still and taught me how to calm from within so I can train my mind to rest. And of course, my medical oncologist, who took care of all of my medical needs and gave me the information that I needed in order to proceed. I created my own integrated plan for my own healing, and these were necessary to begin sinking my body and mind in healing. But guess what? During the cancer process, I had to learn how to support my lymphatic system in detoxing all these emotions, all these traumas, pain, and cancer cells that were in my body. The lymphatic system does not have a pump like a heart, and it's in charge of ridding the body of dead cells, toxins, and our sweat. So it's vital for us to incorporate movement in our day because it's what helps pump the lymphatic system. Same as our emotions, right? They won't leave our bodies until we acknowledge them and move them out. So I had to fight past death and find a new will to live because I was worthy of that. I became a vegan for about a year and a half. I only ate foods that were alive like vegetables, fruits. I eliminated sugars, red meat, sugary drinks, dairy, and anything carbs like rice and bread and gluten. I had to juice four to five times a day and I focused on movement. I did my sound healing every other week to help me calm my stress and I did hot yoga five times a week. And I learned to connect with my body again. This mind-body connection was essential in training my mind to speak to my body in loving, positive ways so that my body can respond. And guess what? It sure did. And I had a personal daily time with the Lord, and I gained my strength and my connection from Him. And I did this regimen for 16 months before I finally decided at this point of my journey that it was time to start chemo treatment. In June 2019, I knew that I had done all that I could do, and I was now mentally prepared to move forward with chemo. This is when I grew in my awareness of who I was, that I was lovable, worthy, and God accepted me just as I was. And I didn't have to work for it. I didn't have to give my body away for, for it. I didn't even have to accept emotional or verbal abuse. I didn't even have to fight. I just had to accept that I was loved and I had a lot of love to give. And I knew that God had a plan for me and it was not to die. He needed my attention and boy, did he 
have it. Because if any of you know, you know I can be a bit stubborn and maybe a little strong-willed, especially when I know that I'm right. So I did six months of cancer treatment and I had no symptoms of chemo. I still worked and enjoyed my family and I healed physically and began to heal mentally. When we carry trauma and experiences that are not processed through our bodies, it takes on a big toll on our physical body. So stress shows up as tension in our shoulders, or headaches and worry and anxiety show up in our bodies as far as digestion problems and issues, or even maternal caregiver issues show up in our wombs for the women and we suffer with fibroids or heavy bleeding. But either way, unmoved emotions can feel like ailments in our bodies. But when you go to the doctor and you get checked out, it doesn't show up as a physical diagnosis because this is called somatic disorder. It's a mental disorder that manifests itself in our physical symptoms that suggests an illness but cannot be explained by general medical condition. So I had to start shedding some of these layers that I had stuck in my body and what this body has sustained in her last 42 years. Well, fear for me began when I was five, when I used to be left alone in the house while my parents worked in the store downstairs in the bodega. It seemed like it was not such a bad idea, right? This was back in the 80s, because the building we lived in was literally attached to the store, and the the building itself was filled with family members. So... I, I mean, I guess for my parents, they just thought, I'm safe, the door is locked, I'm fine. But the brain of a five-year-old and the understanding of what that is right now for me, this fight-or-flight response, showed that I was actually not feeling safe and that I was beginning to have some PTS symptoms as early as five. And years later, this body would be molested when I was nine years old by a family friend. The psychological trauma that comes from at such an early age taught me that my body was an object. Totally subconscious, of course. But the way to get what I needed from an adult was to offer my body in return. The many intimate relationships that I had in the past were built on this false belief system. And I was just trying to connect. I was just trying to be heard, to be validated. My innocent, immature, and undeveloped psyche was unable to sustain the situations that I was allowing myself and putting myself in. And these experiences were not able to be processed emotionally because I had not yet learned the skills to handle them. My body kept the score. And it remembered each and every one of those experiences. This body has carried six biological children. The abortion that I had at 15 years old from that 31-year-old man may have physically left my body, but it never psychologically left my soul. I carry that baby to this day. I was 12 weeks pregnant when I found out, and I totally believed that it was a boy. And I wished that I could keep him. 
My heart's desire was to be a mom and a wife. When you asked me as a kid what I wanted to be when I grow up, I would always say I wanted to be a wife and a mom. Other kids would say I want to be a teacher or a cop. But me, I just wanted to be a mom. And I learned how to clean and sew and maintain the house when I was six years old. I was eight years old and I was babysitting and practicing how to be a mom to my sisters. My little sister used to call me Mommy G because G was my nickname. And I loved being a fake mom. (laughs) I was getting my practice because I knew when I was 18 and I was an adult, I was going to have my own baby and be married. Well, I did not know what that it was going to happen at 15. This was not the timing that I thought, nor did I know how to prepare for that. The 31-year-old father denied it, of course. Creep. God forbid he was arrested for statutory rape, but my friend suggested that the only option was an abortion, so I did it. And what did I get myself into? The guilt, the guilt, regret, and trauma from that experience was overwhelming. I remember coming home and being fully numb and disconnected from myself. I stopped talking, and I found a home in this hole that would become my safe space. I've outgrown this hole. But from time to time, when I don't feel safe, I go right back in it. It's something that I'm still learning to make space for so that I can fully recover. Never forgetting what that experience brought me, but opening up to the son that God sent me after that experience. My oldest son, who is my husband's son from a previous relationship, we don't use step language in our home, so he's my son, is the same age that my biological son would have been right now. They were conceived in the same year, but only one would be born that year. I met Elijah when he was 16 months old, barely walking. I was instantly in love with this little boy. He helped heal the hole that I had from my own loss, and the connection from for me was instant, and he allowed me to be a mom even before I had my own biological babies after that. The emotional weight that this body carried was growing, and I had to watch my dad deteriorate because he was not processing his own emotions, his his loss. He began to drink and drank excessively. His drinking became uncontrollable, and all he would do was isolate in depression And I was always trying to be a good kid so I wouldn't trigger him or stress him out. And all I wanted was my dad. I believe that if I was there for others and if I did good and if I gave people what they needed, I would then in return get what I needed. But who the heck was there for me? Who was being a parent to me? Who was seeing my pain? I was drowning in my own silent depression And my only outlet was to get lost in books and write. The pressure of trying to conceal the mental anguish that I was in became too much. I disconnected by acting out. Yeah, I might have drank a little bit more than I should have. I mean, at that age, I shouldn't have been drinking at all. But this was all I knew. I brought on more stress to the household, dynamics. But I needed to speak for me. I needed to live for me. 
I had no clue how to do what I wanted or how to get out of my situation. I was learning a voice that was getting drowned by everyone else's needs. I got pregnant again at 18 and I married her dad at 20. I thought my life was good, right? So I believe so. When I was married, I was in love. I got my my heart's desire, which was to have a baby and a husband. But the fairy tale I told myself would become a dream because nine months after we married, we separated. And we realized that we were two dark people because we have those dark areas within ourselves that was affecting this marriage that we were trying to build. And honestly, I had way too many high expectations. I wanted him to save me, to be my Superman. And my own belief system was that I wanted to be saved. But this was not a healthy way of having a relationship. It's codependency. Plus, my husband was not my God. He was, but I gave him that position. He was my husband, not my God. Two broken kids trying to love each other, but they had not yet learned to love themselves. So I disconnected myself, that dissociation again. And these decisions still affect me now. I emotionally connected to food because I had stopped connecting with men at that time and weed and alcohol. So my only outlet became food. I ate my emotions and gained a lot of weight. I went up to 240 pounds and I became a diabetic. I was anemic and I had a lot of inflammation in my body. And that created the perfect environment for cancer to grow. So now, see, stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma happened to me in 2018. And not because I was unlucky. It was because I was unhealthy. Cancer was the best thing that happened to me, though. And it has given me a new perspective to live my life without boundaries, to learn and sit with my soul and process that out of my body. So how can I learn how to push past being stuck, you ask, Well, or overcoming a traumatic past experience? Well, you do that by just trusting and showing up and growing into a deeper transformation And if the trust within yourself is not enough or strong enough, then trust your creator. But trust yourself enough to know that you can do this. I was growing and genuinely learning to love myself. And there have been a lot of hiccups and a lot of um, changes that have happened in the last year and a half. I'm not ready to share that part of my story yet. That's going to come in a later episode. But know that I am different today. And this podcast has given me the strength to tell my story and to walk out in victory. For now, I just want to speak on how I gave up on my healthy journey and got stuck. But right now, I'm right back in. And I am doing everything possible to come out victorious. Pain allows us to see that we are still alive, that we are human, we are not robots, and artificial intelligence cannot keep you from feeling or feeding because we are human. No judgments. Just right where you are, 
We've made some wrong choices that we're owning and there is no need to quit on yourself. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, the same cycle over and over again, but eventually we get it. And that's the same perspective that I have with the adults in my life and those that I I I came out of, right? My family, my my friends, you know, there's been areas where I wasn't taken care of the way I needed, but you know what? We all have our own needs. And as long as we respect where everyone's journey begins and where it's continuing, we are free to live and walk out our journeys together. And I don't hold any unforgiveness. I've (laughs) surrendered all of those the spaces of anger and resentment that I've had. And I'm learning to learn who this Bridget is, just as I am. No longer trying to fit in or changing to be tolerated. That burden was way too heavy for me. My light is bright and I live a life that's with an open heart. Not caring so much of people's opinion or who they think I should be. I know who I am right now. And I'm just making space for me and for you. And my light will attract my tribe. It's okay to outgrow some people, especially if it stifles your growth. So it's great to see how my story and my life is helping all of you out. I honor you for being able to hold space for me and also opening up to me and allowing me to know how you're healing through my story. I find that when I verbalize, I express my journey, I release myself from shame and any negative thoughts that I may have had entertaining in my head. But my words and my conviction is liberating and it releases me through my sharing. So don't box yourself in. Please set your own standard and soar in your own sky. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Overcomers Podcast. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Overcomers Podcast. Until next time, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body.